Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Delvecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a broadcast that we do live every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then it's available for a replay on Facebook and YouTube, and also as an audio podcast on a number of podcast outlets. And this is an opportunity for us to share some of the wisdom and, and recommendations that we gained from doing pet law support groups for many, many years, really a total of more than three decades for the both of us, Nancy doing the bulk of that and actually starting a program in New Jersey many, many years ago. And we took that information, we, we melded it into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And we now are bringing as much of that content into a broader sphere through this broadcast. So great to be with you. Also, I want to let you know this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community-supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter and medical care and spay neuter services and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. Dakin was founded in 1969, and since that time, it has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in Central Mass and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and, importantly, make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot O-R-G. You can reach the two of us directly at our email, and we encourage you to do so because when you send us questions and comments and your own stories, we will often use them as the foundation for the conversations that we have in the broadcast because we know that your stories are going to res resonate with many, many, many people. So please do send us your stories, your suggestions for topics. And you can reach me at Ken DDV, my initials, Dolan Del Vecchio, Ken DDV at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez. That's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at C S M P C dot com. Nancy, want to get us started? Yeah, we, we had um, some folks you know, email us over the last week. Um, there are heartbreaking stories, as usual, you know, because this is about, um, in this case, uh, one is a young uh, puppy who is very ill and um, will not be living a full life. Um, she is still alive, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But th there are there was another person who wrote in and did have a death, and with all different kinds of factors um, involved in these stories. Um, and the first is Melanie, and we really thank Melanie for you know reaching out to us. Um, she did adopt um, a young puppy in September, so this was recently. Um, what's happened since then is this little puppy, and we don't really have a name, but this little puppy has, has developed some really pretty serious medical issues. Um, and one is renal failure, failure. And, and so here we are in November and she's only had this, this little girl for a few months, um, which has really caused so much anxiety and stress and pain 
um, for uh, Melanie and her family with this little girl. And they're and they're they've learned that she is probably not going to live very long at all, and so they're they're struggling with that. And of course, it's a very particular kind of loss. And and where I'd start with this is to recognize that what they're dealing with is the stress of all of this medical care and also now anticipatory loss exactly. or anticipatory grief because they have to grieve the expectation that their puppy will have a normal lifespan. So that's a huge loss all its own right, right from the beginning. And they have to prepare for the puppy losing its life at some point down the road potentially through euthanasia, because it may be the case that she's suffering so profoundly that they have to make that decision about whether or not the quality of her life warrants her continuing to live given the suffering that she's experiencing. So it's a very complicated situation. And when we adopt a puppy, we, we tend to have all sorts of expectations. Dreams. Yeah, we have expectations. We have dreams for mm -hmm. the time we're going to spend with them. And we think about the time frame of their lives with us. And so letting it sink in that that's not mm -hmm. likely to happen. Of course, you never, never know for sure. But to be realistic with the with the consultation they're getting from their veterinarians, she's probably not going to live very long. And that's very, very hard. There's layers to that that make of it course. very hard. Well, she she was talking, and I'm, I'm going to not quote, but these were some of the feelings that she was going through. Um, anger, pain, frustration, anxiety, a sense of doom, right? Mm -hmm. Feeling mm -hmm. robbed. Yeah. You know, that, that this will be a short life uh, with her, um, with her puppy, no future memories. So, you know, maybe she'll, she'll be here this Christmas, but maybe she won't be next Christmas, yeah. you know? And so she, she's saying, we're going to have to watch her die. Yeah. And that is so heartbreaking to be love this little puppy so much. And, and yes, she was very clear. We're going to give her the best life possible sure. in the short time that she's here. But it is very emotionally draining. I mean, she said she had 15 vet visits in in, in six weeks. Now that could have been even more so now because she wrote us, you know, you know, a, a, a few days ago, a week ago. So I mean, that's a tremendous amount of of. Um, uh, exercising all of these emotions and going to vets and the amount of time that that takes and the amount of treatment that yeah. this puppy needs. And the expense too. I mean, it sounds like that would be massively expensive. Mm -hmm. And so all of this investment of all different kinds, and you know that you don't have that much time. I have a friend who, when one of my dogs died recently, she wrote, you know, when we, when we bring a dog into our life, we're signing on for heartbreak mm -hmm. 10 years down the road. And so Melanie is si signed on for heartbreak unwittingly yeah, much, right. at a much sooner interval than that. And that, again, all these feelings mm -hmm. of being cheated and angry and, you know, all of that's grief. That's anticipation. Of course. 
It's, and it's, it started, it has now started anticipatory grieving and will be until yeah. that decision may have to be made. And that goes back to, I think that this puppy was adopted, I believe, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, you know, we've had these conversations in our podcast that when we, when we decide to get adopt an animal, foster an animal at some point that may be adopted by an animal, um, that's, that's their lifetime that we're signing up for. And no matter what happens. And so, you know, she's doing everything possible to keep this puppy alive until that puppy can't be, you know, can't live anymore. And, And she's willingly doing that. There may be some people out there that would not do that. Oh, sure. We know that. And so from our experience over the years, and I have to give it to her. I mean, you and I would do that, but you're you're doing it with I'm doing it right now. Yes. French Bulldog with Boogie. Yeah. With Boogie. I mean, I know that he has epilepsy. I know that he will have seizures on hopefully where the medication now is, is enough that that will curtail that. But it'll take a few years off his life. We know that. Right. So, but the, I knew that going in and I chose that. Right. Now, Hank got sick. He got sick when he was seven, I believe. And then there were a, a, quite a few diseases. It was epilepsy, anemia, di- diabetes. I mean, he create, he just he had all of these, these kind of dreadful chronic diseases at once. Did I do any, I mean, I took care of that little boy until I knew that he he could not walk anymore and it was affecting how he would urinate. And then we knew that we we had to let him go. But that's your that's the responsibility that you take. And I know that Melanie's, like I said, very clear that she will give this little puppy, you know, the best life she can have during this period of time. But it's going to be grieving. Well, and it's, it's, it's the way I think about this is I, I'm imagining every, all the time that you're spending with this puppy, you're, you're giving them the puppy, your love and you're cuddling them and you're, you know, you're doing all the things that we do with, I, I have a puppy now who's four and a half months old and, well, and she's a lot of, she's a lot of fun. And, and so balancing the joy of the energy and spirit of a puppy with the knowledge that you're going to lose them has got to be a very significant challenge and i and i think that's really in a way at the heart of this like how do you how do you show them a bright attitude and mm-hmm. you know give them a whole bunch of 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 positive energy at the same time that you're grieving you're grieving all right during the whole yeah. process. And this goes into like uh, some people, um, you know, may adopt or, uh, you know, get a puppy or a little kitty or something, and then they could have a sudden death. Right. So, and that's okay. another part of having a young death. Right. So, you know, maybe they, they have just purchased or, you know, adopted a young cat or a kitty, a kitten, and something happens and the kitten dies. Well, one of the things that that Melanie's story points out, the way I see it is the incredible uncertainty that's present in all living beings, for all living beings. There's there's absolute uncertainty about how much time they have, how much time we have. And that in this case, the 
one of the things that stands out for me is, you know, that every moment with this puppy is precious because there are going to be far too few of them. And if you can hang on to the idea that knowing that will help you to cherish them very Mm -hmm. actively, then that's maybe one of the lessons of this very tragic situation. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just very complicated, I think. And, you know, the, the, I've mentioned this before, but, but, I refer to a book by Dwayne Elgin with some regularity. It's called Voluntary Simplicity. And one of the sections in his book, he titles Let Death Be Your Friend. Mm, And the the whole idea is that if we're aware of the finite nature of our lives and the lives of people we love, and in this case, the lives of the animals who we love and who enrich our lives, we are going to be far more present and connected and engaged in those relationships than if we hang on to the illusion that that life goes on and on and on, which many people do in our society. Right. Many people have a they don't very, think about what's going they don't think, of, they don't think about mm-hmm. the fact that we're only here for what amounts to, even if we live a long life, a very short time. How many people have you known who are in their 80s or 90s and they, they'll say it all went by so fast? Right, because the older you get, you know, there's a time warp that we have and time goes by much quicker I'm, than if you're young. I'm and experiencing so, that. Yes. <laughs> so all of a sudden you're like, what happened? <laughs> so 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 the 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 gift, if you if you want to go that far with the thinking, with this kind of situation is you know. You know, time is precious. I mean, it's like, like with my my puppy. I I I wonder. You know, I just wonder how. I when I took her to the vet for her well puppy visit, it was incredibly gratifying to hear that she didn't have any problems because yeah. we had a puppy. One of our puppy, one of our Chihuahua puppies, who is no longer with us, brought him to the first visit and was told he had a heart murmur, yes. which stayed with him his whole life and shortened his life a bit, and who you know you just don't know you don't have no idea what you, what you're going to hear when you go for that for that first review and you have no idea what's going to hit down the road we just heard the story a couple weeks back about a a dog who was 2 years old who who ate something that very in a freak accident got right. caught in his throat and that ended his life yeah. and so we we just never know we never know but these people Melanie and her family they do know It's a painful kind of knowledge, but they do know. And so the challenge that is sort of, you know, not as pressing for most of us, perhaps, is very real for them. Yes, very real. It's so real for them. And we have to we have to give Melanie, you know, and her family kudos for doing the doing what they're doing, and taking sure. this of this beautiful little puppy. Yeah. Um, yep. So we and we thank her for um, sharing that story with us. Because and we'd be happy to hear more as things progress. Like, yeah, we'd be happy to have her keep us posted. Right. Um, and then we heard from Whitney. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of guilt issues around the situation that happened with Rambo, her cat. Um, and this cat was 15, but he was 
energized and yeah, active right. and healthy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all and running around and mm-hmm. just playful and and they had uh, decided to go out of town um, and they had a pet sitter and Rambo died. Mm-hmm. And so here comes all of those questions. Uh, first of all, it was sudden and 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 shocking, right? And traumatic because here this their cat Rambo was just so so alive and so full. Yeah. No, no expectation at all. No, that he was even ill. You know, it was well, everything was good, and mm-hmm. then they go away, and then you know he he the pet sitter calls and said you know he's died. Which sort of proves the point that we were discussing about how you you just never, you never know. We may think we've got a long time ahead with our pet and circumstances well beyond our control intervene in a way that we would never have anticipated. And so here the questions she had, right? So mm-hmm. what happens if we were home? would it have happened if we were home because we would have caught it or we would have known or, um, and was, was he scared? He he was really Mm -hmm. attached to my husband and I, was he, was he too frightened with maybe a pet sitter? And this was no blame. She was very clear about that, but you know, you know, would that have caused a heart attack of some sort? Cause I think that they determined the vet determined that it may have been some kind of heart occurrence. But they Um, also, but she also notes that she traveled, they traveled a fair amount. So it wasn't uncommon for the cats, for right. the cats to have a pet sitter right. there. It wasn't it wasn't something that they were unused to. No, um, and did did but the the trip in the carrier, right? Getting the cat to, into the carrier to get to the vet would the, that mm-hmm. promote a heart attack? What would have happened if nothing if nothing happened? Would would it just would I mean would he still be alive? I mean all of these questions. She was you know, actually yeah. looking at herself, what, what am I asking all these questions about? Should we have boarded him? Should, should we, would there have been a different outcome if maybe there was an ultrasound? So, but those are such normal questions to ask when you, this is sudden and tragic yeah. and, yeah. and and they felt so horrible and guilty that they weren't there for him. You know, I mean, yeah. of course, yeah. anybody would. I remember Tashi died, my first pug, and we we weren't there. And yeah. I so, even so I, with my Jack, we were in right. we were we in were Barcelona. Right. We got a note from the pet sitter that he had died. And so when you know, when Tashi was was forty five minutes away in the hospital, and when Ordell called, they said well, he's she's not doing well. And I think that, frankly, she had died then. And then they called mm-hmm. back a half an hour later and said she had died. And I, you know, even though that was in 1989, I, you know, and I, I don't agonize over this, but I just, at this point, I just wish I had been there with her. You yeah, know? well, that's it. It, it. it becomes, these things become part of our story, right? They become mm-hmm. part of the, the fabric of our lives. They come up regularly. It's, I, I mean, major losses, often there isn't a day that goes by that they don't at least cross our mind. That's, that's right. certainly don't hit necessarily with the, the, the grip of fresh grief. But in the beginning, these kinds of questions go uh, over and over. So Whitney's questions are, are normal. Like, and she felt she was, she says, I think I'm being a little crazy, but, but those are the questions you, you have, right? Yeah. So that, I mean, it's so important 
to realize how normal that is and that you're not crazy. You're you're processing it. I sometimes would use the phrase, you're emotionally chewing on this. You just need to keep rehashing it over and over and over again. Like, and, how could this um, be? Well, part yeah. of that is the, is the shock and the denial, right? This can't happen. This, yeah, because it's not, I mean, you never have expected it. Right. And there's no, there is no, we, we, we do better when there is some story that makes sense to us. Right. And that's we, why we, we chew on this, right? Yeah. Because so eventually it's, it's, you know, like my Abigail's death recently, I would never have expected her to die. In fact, the vets didn't expect her to die. Uh, we had taken her to the vet three days before and they didn't give her antibiotics. I mean, like it's, and then after it's over, one of the things that, that I always say to myself is there's, there's nothing, you cannot change this. You just have to get used to it. You know, you can't, you can't change the fact of it. There's no way yeah. to go back. You just have to find ways to help yourself get Work used to the reality. Yeah. That it happened. And that is, and you need to ask those questions out loud, ask them, to uh, yourself in your own head and your own heart as much. And the way I think of it, you just do it over and over again. And it can make you feel pretty crazy, but you are absolutely not crazy. You, you are, you're just doing what we do when we love somebody and lose them suddenly. Right. And, and so it come and it comes down to that, that eventually you can work. I, I work with people and they say, all right, I, I know now. I know now that that my cat, my dog, my fiance, I'm working with a woman whose fiance was killed and is not coming back. But with a sudden death, it takes a period of time to work through to that because mm -hmm. it's too shocking. You know? Yeah, the discontinuity between knowing that they were presumably perfectly well to gone. I have a friend who came home one day from work and very similar to this situation. And her cat was dead and her cat was fine beforehand. Yeah. I mean, absolutely fine. And, and she did have a necropsy done and they, they said there was some kind of heart event. There was some mm -hmm. kind of cardiac event that happened that was not at all anticipated or, or, or pre-diagnosed. Like there was no understanding of this and made it very, very difficult because you keep, you keep wondering. And then what it, what it also tends to do is it makes us wonder about so many other things in life. Like we take, we take a lot of things for normal and for granted Yeah, that sure. we really are not sure, are not guaranteed. They're not guaranteed to no, us. Nothing's guaranteed. And so, yeah, nothing's guaranteed. And that's very frightening. And when we have a sudden loss, that becomes much more, we become much more aware of that, right? We become much more aware of how little we actually have in terms of knowledge and control about many, many things in our lives. We don't have control. We, can, yeah, we no. don't have control over everything. Certainly we don't, don't have control over death. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's hard. Now, what, ha what there was a complication too with Whitney that um, there had been very recent four other unexpected deaths in her family. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So there's a whole, uh, just a whole context of loss. Yeah. Right. 
her father's dog and then a, a and then a few uncle a cousin yeah. a few uncles there were there was and her father's child. dog had died suddenly too at age five right so i mean all that's just you know again i, mean, I don't even know you know it's hard enough to deal with one loss and one loss brings back others but then you have other multiple recent losses i'm i'm just i'm blown away how people can even function with that right yeah I mean, yeah they, but yeah they that's part part of this part of what you we've seen and we see in others and we see it in ourselves when consequent when the circumstances demand it we're a lot more resilient than we might think we are yeah right you know most people are much more resilient i have a friend whose son died oh. of an of an overdose he's part of the heroin epidemic and that to me is the most terrifying imagining that because i have a son who's 29 is an adult out in the world doing doing very well and all of that but but she said, with a great deal of wisdom, she said, you know, people say to me, I don't know how I'd ever get over the loss of a child. And she says, and I say back to them, I don't know how I'll get over this. Right, exactly. I have no idea how, I don't I'm, know how I'm ever going to get over this, yeah, right? And, and, she, and she just says, you just, somehow you just keep going. You know, that's the well, thing. Well, right. And actually, it's interesting because I have a friend that we had lost touch with a bunch of us who worked together. And we found out that her son died suddenly and swiftly. And to find out that he he, he actually choked, you know, in a restaurant and wow. could, be, could not be, you know, revived. Um, and so, and she said, that was what she said, I'll never get over this. Yeah. And yeah. and you 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 won't. But you work through, I mean, you work through enough to you, continue to live. You, right, but, you live with that as part of your life story that you you just you will always have, and it will always it will always be something that is uh, is hard. I yeah. think it will always be hard, always but but eventually we get to a place where it's. It's part of us, but we can function. Of, yeah, it's just part yeah. of the way the world is for us. Right. I mean, you, the the last task is to really integrate the loss into yeah into yourself into the, the last task of grieving. Yeah, is to is to integrate this into your your experience of life and and to keep moving to keep moving and forward. She did say also that her other cat is grieving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Disappeared for a while and. Yep. And, and, you know, she's obviously, they're not looking forward to the holidays, um, especially Christmas. And she was not going to, we talked about this last, last podcast, she's not going to do at all what they usually would do, right? Yeah. Um, so this is something that people need to decide. A lot of times people will do that. They'll, they'll put a hold on the holiday or they'll do it in a more, in a, in a somewhat scaled down way whatever feels right is the thing to do. Especially with deaths around this time. They're I'm very fresh. fresh, yeah. It's like very, we talked, talked uh, last week. I mean, everything's supposed to be wonderful and happy. And, and of course, people are not happy. Yeah. Um, and and so we also want to really thank Whitney you know, yep. for you know, being um, you know, there to to send her uh, her story to us and and she said we could share it. And that's right. we send condolences to 
both Melanie and Wendy and their and their fa Whitney and their families. I'm sorry. Um, and all we can do is, like you said, we have to take care of ourselves. And during these difficult times, we will learn how to work through that and move move forward the best we can, knowing that these these animals were so key and and important in our lives. But they do end up here, right here in, in the heart. Yep. And they, yep. and they never go away. They stay with us. They're, they're, yeah, they're always with us. And yeah. and that's the gift of yeah. having had them in our lives. And actually, I just saw a TikTok the other day, and the, the, the gentleman was, was, I guess, a medium of some sort for animals. And, and the question was, do dogs stay with us? And he's, he's, and it was dogs, it could be cats, but, and he said, absolutely. Even after death, they are with us. That was good. It was good to hear. TikTok. I, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I feel that all the time. So <laughs> we should let people know that next Thursday is Thanksgiving. Right. So we won't be doing a broadcast right. then. We will return the following Thursday, which is the 9th. And so we'll be 29th. back on the 9th. 29th. Oh, is it the 29th? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. I'm getting ahead of myself. And for, for all of you in the U.S., happy Thanksgiving. Happy for Thanksgiving. everybody else, you know, please, you know, have have a good two weeks yep. as best you can in considering what we're talking about. Um, but uh, we appreciate you listening to us. And please send in your your questions or comments or stories. It's really, it's really important because to share them makes a big difference for others. Yep. Take care, everyone. Bye.